Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that, that, for what's this, the second week running has been bit by cinema and the, the, the intricacies and the vagaries of cinema, that the things that we haven't had to deal with for about a year and we've forgotten about. And then well, now that they're back, we're like, oh, oh yeah, it isn't all rosy. But no, but we love cinema. We love cinema. First world problems. These are total first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is Tozin and I am the host. I am based in the United Kingdom in the middle of the country, a place called Worcestershire. And joining me on the Isle of Wight today is Sharon. Hello. And usually Sean. However, Sean is probably on his way back home, settling in, having a little bit of dinner before uh, from coming back from a cricket festival, a very British summer tradition, before he sort of like jumps on here and then tells us all he wants to about what he's seen at home this week. Now, I think almost understandably, because we've had, in, in case you don't know, we are recording this in the week that England are playing in the Euro Championships and England scored a massive, massive win. <laughs> I mean, even Sharon, I know you're not into your, you're not particularly into sports, uh, not into football, no. but I'm sure even you could not have escaped the significance and the yell and the hoopla about this film. Uh, yes. oh, no, not this film, about this, yes, this I match. I didn't watch the match, but I did look at the news headlines. I think what I thought was, I thought it would be all over. I thought, oh, I wanted, I'll just check what the score is. Yeah. And they had just gone into extra time, and I was just like, oh, no. Okay, and so I thought, I've got to wait another five minutes, and then I can find out the score. So I don't want to watch it, but I don't mind finding out the score. And so, yes, I, I, was, I was pleased in my own quiet way. Yes. Sport. Yeah, and, and, and uh, there it is. Sean has just come into the room. Hello, Sean has Sean. just come in. You look like you, you're in one of those pandemic costumes. With that white oh, like those well, when, I, when I first looked there, it looks like you got, like, the collar there. Well, and then you look, yeah, but I mean, it was white. It was white. So no, no, not quite. But but like that. That's like you could put you could put a helmet on it. Do you know what I mean? Like well, you're just about you're just about to put on your helmet and go. Well, like like a PPE thing. Well, like like yeah, like hazmat suit. Like fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That back was, to the future. That was my first impression. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. For yeah. anybody who doesn't understand what Sean was just saying, find the find the video of this on YouTube in case you just listen <laughs> to the audio only, and you'll see exactly what he's talking about. Uh, Sean, just before you came in, we were talking about um, we were talking about the fact that you hadn't seen anything this this um, week, and we said that there's probably a very very good reason for that yeah. because there was a monumental football <laughs> score that even even Sharon even Sharon even with I her lack of yeah even Sharon with her lack of interest <laughs> in sports could not escape could not yeah. escape this. So, so Sean, we'll leave you to tell us. Tell us what what was it that you were doing on Tuesday night between the hours of five p.m. <laughs> and eight p.m. I know probably. after that you were probably drunk, but <laughs> <laughs> there was um uh, yeah well I think most people probably well I don't know probably because there's some people that I mean there was it's really really funny because we're on about obviously on about the Euros but I yes. saw there was like a contractor today that uh, her is that he was limping and I said oh like the and he goes. And he, he said, I absolutely hate football. Because I said to him, I made some like, smart kind of, oh, did you do that? And, you know, did you do that at Wembley or something? He went, yeah. I hate football. I didn't even watch it. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but so, so, but I would say, yeah, we we're obviously watching the England game. And I did actually, I was thinking of going on the um, Monday, but the, the games were just really, really good as well. So, oh, or, go, or going to the cinema on monday yeah i was saying i watched I, I watched the football i watched the, oh yeah 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 the, the, yeah because the, i think i think um 
because I don't, I'm not watching any. So this is the European Championships, which is yeah. a football. For those of you in America, and you would say soccer, but you're wrong. It's the football <laughs> tournament. It's the the football tournament that's happening all across Europe. All the countries, in, uh, all the best countries in Europe are playing this football tournament, and. I am not watching a lot of them because I maintain that a lot of the times football, live football, is boring. A lot of live football matches do not deliver. Now, Monday night was the night that if you oh. were going to, if you were going to ignore that, like anything else, and watch the football for your full gamut of unscripted drama, from like you know twists and cliffhangers and all that, Monday night was the night that you wanted to see that. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so Sean, that uh, I I would I would agree with you. It's like your dedication to watching live football paid off on Monday. It did, yes, yes, that's 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 very true. I mean, although the game itself, the, the England game, wasn't exactly a great game. It wasn't a, a, a great game. I didn't think it was did going. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be. I, mean, I was actually playing tennis, but the tennis club I was playing at had a bar, uh-huh. and as we were playing the tennis, we we're just playing. And every now that we, and, and as long as things are quiet, I was like, things are okay. Then all of a sudden, we heard like a. <laughs> and we're like we uh, we guess that that I guess that's good news. I guess that's good news. <laughs> so yes, England beat Germany 2-0 to any German listeners. Sorry, but hey, that's sport. That's sport. <laughs> that's sport for you. All right, we'll carry on to films now. I was going to talk a little bit about another with another one of those sort of like cinematic things that we've forgotten about, but now that cinema's back we're realizing, oh yeah. This is actually a bit of a problem, and it has to be that I'm not sure. Whether, uh, I'll just put the headline, and then we can talk about it next week. Which is that? Have you found that there that during the pandemic, there's other things that you've started doing that have taken up your time, and then now that the cinema's back, that's the time that cinema's trying to reclaim from these other things that you now have filled up your schedule with, and now you have to sort of like push them to one side to go and do the cinema. That's the, yeah. The gap that used to be cinema time, like I used to have a regular slot, hmm. has um. Yeah, sort of disappeared. And so I'm sitting at home thinking, oh, it's like my cinema slot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was at the beginning. Then I filled it up with other stuff. And now I find that I have to fight with this new thing yeah. that I'm doing. I have to fight to do anything. Anyway, but we are going to get on to films this week. And so we have two films in the cinema, which I have seen because Sean was busy watching football. Understandable. Sharon was getting caught up in not wanting to see certain things or Sean had already watched everything and she was like, what's the point? Which I totally understand because that happens sometimes. When Sean yeah. goes beast mode and but, sees sees things and reviews them, you're like, oh, I don't want to watch that now. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> that's it. But the thing was, there's nothing actually, and honestly, there's nothing really on that really, really grabs me. Um, I did toy with actually going to see The Fast and the Furious just purely. <laughs> but, and, I mean... But what I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like a, a must. Like a oh, I definitely want to go and see that. I definitely want to go and see that. So, and I yeah. can honestly say I never considered going to see that. <laughs> and there's nothing. There's, there's nothing else on really that I was like des- desperate to see. I think. I think it's a combination of people avoiding the Euros because obviously they know that that's going to take up a lot of time. People are not going to be in the cinemas, and also, also. Fast and Furious 9, it has, it has become, for better or for worse, it has become this massive juggernaut of a franchise. A bit like whenever a Marvel movie gets released, no other films get released that week mm. because they're like, no, Marvel's just going to crush us. Same thing with the Fast and Furious fighters. I think that, that, that I think that's what they think. So, having said that, let's start off there. I saw two films this week in the cinema, Fast and Furious 9 and In the Heights. And um, Sharon, you saw... You saw um, Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime, and Sean, you saw the comeback the, trail. The comeback trail. On... And I, I remembered. I did see some other stuff, but 
I'd sort of forgotten about it, but I remember one now. It was because I actually wrote, wrote it down because I thought I'm bound to forget. And it was a film called, well, it's a film called Killer Man. But we, what I do, we do, because it's two and two, we will do the comeback trail. Okay, cool. We'll do the comeback trail. All right, cool. Let me kick off at possibly the only place that we can kick off this week. It is the biggest film, for better or worse, that has that has been released in cinemas this week. And it is the ninth installment in what is a weird kind of zombie franchise. You just can't kill it. You can't keep it down. It keeps coming back. That is the Fast and Furious movies. Now, this film is... Sean, I mean, you've already spoken about how you don't want to watch these films because they have this, they have certain things in them that you just think the slow motion shots of people walking together in suits yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Now, this is a film that... <laughs> let me put it this way. So much goes down in this film that... It, so much goes down in this film that there was a point where I was like, you know what? Uh, I, I should be making notes. And I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to be bothered making notes. I'm not going to bother making notes. And then there was a line that somebody said in this film. And once they said that notes, I was like, "Oh, I have to make notes. I have to write down everything about this film. That everything that's just sparking off in my head." So I took my phone out of the cinema, tried to hide it, switched it on, and just started making notes about what I was watching. And the line, and you would know this because there's a we have a bit of us up online on Facebook where there's a video of us discussing Fast and Furious movies. There's a little <laughs> snippet of us. And it is called Fast and Furious Physics because as we know, these films have, a, have their own war against reality. They are waging their own... They, they wage their own war against reality. And people say that action movies wage their own war against reality, but this film particular, this franchise particularly <laughs> has a war against reality. And there is a line that Ludacris says in this film, he plays Tej, and he he has the goal. They, someone has the goal to script this line in a Fast and Furious movie. And that line is, as long as we follow the laws of physics, we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and when when they uttered that line, I was like, oh, no, no, I need, I need to make a note. I need to make a note of the things that, <laughs> that this film is doing. So I have a list of, I have a list of things that I wrote. And <laughs> for anybody who is trying to keep spoilers, keep spoilers away from, or keep away from spoilers for this film, number one, why? You kind of know what you're going to get. And number, uh, I'm just, this is just a list of notes I made as I was watching the film. I just wrote, as long as we follow the law, laws of physics, ha! Laughable. Why mm -hmm. supercars in a jungle? Because, because this film, has, this thing has morphed into this weird thing where you have Kurt Russell who plays a character called Mr. Nobody and he shows up and he is a government operative but the people he was come to in a time of national crisis is a bunch of supercar enthusiasts who cannot go on, like, like if, if, you, if, a, if a plane crashes in the middle of a jungle somewhere, who do you send in? Sean, who should you send in if a plane crashes in the middle of a jungle? Probably sending some marines or something like that or someone to some rescue, you know, people. Yeah, yeah. Pro possibly with the key thing being covert. A covert, covert group. Yes. But you send, you send some people who go into a neon orange Porsche and drive through a jungle. <laughs> drive through a jungle. Number one, why do you have a Porsche in a jungle? How do you even find a road to drive a Porsche know, in a jungle? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, yeah. Supercars in a jungle. That. Although the funny thing is that they have one character, the character played by Tyrese Gibson, who is called Roman. And this is where the, the, it has this kind of, 
it's it's it it no it's hinting. Last week we spoke about the Hitman's Wife Bodyguard. It was a film that totally knew how silly it was. I was making fun of that the whole way through. And then you have this thing where it's kind of halfway be, trying to be a serious thing and halfway acknowledging that it's a silly film and it it doesn't really do one in either way. The balance isn't right because you have this character and he keeps pointing out that what they're doing is stupid. And he actually he actually comes up and he goes, "Hang on, have you guys thought about all the crazy stuff we've done? We fought tanks, cars, planes. I mean, those." I'm not even going to mention the submarine. He, he essentially talks about the entire history of the franchise. And he's like, think about it. We've gone through all of that stuff. And we don't even have a scratch. I don't even have a scar to show for all the crazy stuff I've done. And, it's, he, and throughout the film, he keeps pointing out, this is stupid. Why am I not dead? I just had 14 guys around me with AK-47s. Who's, 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 who's shooting makes sharpshooters or makes stormtroopers look like snipers <laughs> and it's like 14 guys around him with an AK-47 and he kills them all and it's kind of like and all of a mm. sudden these guys are supposed to be drivers but now they're firearms experts they're arm-to-arm combat experts Vin Diesel all of a sudden becomes Superman at one point and brings the building down with his bare hands I am not joking <laughs> there's a I have a bit in here just in in in, in, in capital letters all I wrote was outer space uh, what? Oh dear! I'm, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it at yeah, that. Okay, okay. I'm gonna leave it at that. But all oh. I wrote was outer space. It's like, the the weird thing is that in its own weird way, it's trying to represent because you look at it and you realize that oh, you have this key bit of a plot because it actually has a lot of plot. This film is trying to put a lot of plot into it. It has a, yeah, that's oh, it's women who are doing that key bit. Oh, look at those. Those are like you know people who are like oh. Uh, sort of like you know, not white people who who are doing this, and it has like this representation race wise across the board. I mean, there's a character called Han who is famous for having died very, very publicly. He has a close up on his face in a car that is trapped, and then the car blows up. Oh no! He's back. He's alive. It's not a flashback. It's not beforehand. This is this guy is alive, <laughs> and the way they explain the fact that he's still alive is rubbish. Even by Fast and Furious standards, it is rubbish. <laughs> the way they try and explain that, I've written growly lack of charisma okay, for. Stunned. <laughs> oh, oh, honestly, honestly, I've written growly, growly lack of charisma for Vin Diesel, and my final thing I wrote was. Head in hands so many times because oh. because I did have my head in my hands so many times. Now there's sometimes when these films get it right. The Fast and Fast Five, I think, is the one where the balance is right between ridiculous and something right. I think, but I feel I think it's gone too far now. I think you this do. Film, even even oh totally. No, really. no, I, I think and honestly, I'll tell you, but I think it's gone too far. It has gone too far. <laughs> the the war against reality has stretched too far. I mean, I've, I've spoken about the fact that. There is a bridge. There's a rope. Oh, God, the rope bridge. There's a rope bridge with a car in the middle of it. And the one end of the rope bridge is falling down and the car is still driving on the bridge. So, so and, and I feel like they have the, the balance has gone too far because they have to just keep pushing it bigger and bigger and bigger. So much so that, it, that there needs to be some sort of internal logic. Even if it's not going to make any, there needs to be something that holds together. And I do not think it holds together in this film. Having said that, I know my brother, for instance, he laughed. He thought it was stupid. He thought it was ridiculous. And he thought it was exactly what he needed at that time when he was watching it. So I would give it a three out of five. But this film is stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> and we shall move on quickly. We shall, we shall, we shall move on swiftly. So, sure, it looks like you're about to say something. 
Yeah, no, I was. I was going to say that I did, I did think about doing it so I could actually say something about it. And if I'd have had a gone to the cinema, that would have probably been the one that I've watched because because but, there was nothing else on. But you know, now you've the, seen it. Now you've seen it. I think I would enjoy no, me. No, sure, sure. I, I think I think every now and then it's good to have a really, really good cathartic, angry thing at something <laughs> and i think sean if you wanted to get like a lot of stuff out of your system just be angry at something for a very justifiable reason i think you should go see this film right, because okay. i i am more forgiving than you and <laughs> i i was just like no i'm sorry you've broken it you you have <laughs> you have broken the thing and i'm calling it fast and furious 9 is where this series officially jumps the shark it should have done it low way before but this i think i think they pushed it too far i think that they have pushed it way too far and there are too many stupid things in this film even though they try and wow. nudge nudge wink wink and go uh, uh isn't this stupid oh i can't believe we're doing this there's a and tyrese is the character who keeps saying it like there's a bit where he goes there's a bit where he talks about oh i can't believe that two brothers in the hood are the ones who do this and he says that but and you're kind of going okay i can see what you're trying to do you're trying to represent and you're trying to be aspirational but no just no <laughs> It's it, oh good lord! I could go. I, okay, I've gone past my five minutes. I'm still right because I could go in detail into detail some of the stupid things that happen in this film. That just you're just like oh well, oh, I'll save it till I've seen it and then we can. Uh, I, I, I will try. I'll try yeah, we, we can we can have a we can have a oh it's not even going to be a, a spoiler special. It's just going to be a rant special. We'll go, yeah. What about this? What about that? How do you how do, how does that even happen? But and anyway, we shall we shall leave that and we shall go on to we shall go home. We shall go on to something at home. And Sharon, please save me from my ranty ranty <laughs> my my ranty disbelief at what I have seen and tell me what it is you saw this week and what it was about. I saw Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. All right, cool. So tell us. So this is Jeremy Clarkson, who has decided to. Well, he bought a farm somewhere in Wiltshire, I think it was, and yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's a a, yeah, he bought a farm, and it's, it's a documentary about him, uh, about him building his, uh, about him, a year of him as a farmer. Yes, basically. Yeah. So he apparently he bought this farm a long time ago, well over ten years ago. And in all that time, it has had a farm manager. So someone basically uh, runs the farm. He sort of bought the land and he let someone else manage it. And that person retired. And then obviously he had to make a decision as to what to do with his farm. And he thought, how hard can it be? I'll run it myself. And so he decides that he will become a, as he put it, a gentleman farmer. And um, then how hard can it possibly be? (laughs) And so over eight episodes, we basically see... Um, yeah, what it is like to be a be a British farmer, <laughs> and and unbeknownst to him, he is obviously going to have uh, the the wettest the wettest winter in fifty years, uh, followed by the driest spring in a hundred years or in fifty mm-hmm. years since the the drought of seventy seven. Uh, then have a worldwide pandemic thrown at him, mm-hmm. as well as everything else you could name <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a like a year, a year unlike any other year but basically it starts off it's eight episodes and each episode just has a chapter and that chapter one is called farming chapter two is sheeping uh chapter three is melting and things like that so you have all these different titles for the books and it sort of um takes a different aspect of sort of the farm the life on the farm and so it's it's obviously Jeremy Clarkson, a known um, in Britain primarily for Top Gear, 
but in other parts of the world, you know, he did the grand tour on Amazon yeah. and he has presented um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. And so he has a way of presenting. He has a way of looking at the world. And um, he brings that eye um, to the world of farming. There are, yeah, I thought it was genuinely very funny uh, as well as quite insightful. I mean, yeah. there's things you just don't consider when, you know, when you, because I think people, some like me who's sort of born, in, brought, born and brought up in a rural environment, I've always known farmers. I've always known people connected to agriculture. And you always think of it as being like, oh, I, you know, that'd be so nice, wouldn't it? Just to have your own bit of land and <laughs> you'd have your animals and you could just grow some crops. And, and no, <laughs> we have a picture of it that when you're faced with, and even he's someone who owned a farm for 10 years before running it, he still had that, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have, you know? So at one point he thinks, why don't I just get some sheep? I've got these huge fields that, are, you know, I can't, I get paid by the, um, environment agency to let them basically be wild meadows yeah um, so why don't I just get some sheep and they can live on the meadows and they're like look after themselves and I'll just like you know come in every now and then and just you know shear them and slaughter them when I need to so and then he gets these sheep and they got and they basically he spends the next year um uh, in uh, in battles with the, <laughs> with these the most stubborn stupid foolhardy suicidal <laughs> <laughs> sheep that has ever been known to man <laughs> and it is, it is genuinely funny watching his like his expectation and then like meet reality <laughs> and it happens every every avenue so when he like oh you know i'm just going to get a tractor i'm going to get a tractor and it'll be perfect uh, so he gets a, the biggest tractor in the world this lamborghini tractor that doesn't be, because he's because he's jeremy clarkson and yeah, he wants power he won't go through the gates it gets bogged down it's like the worst possible choice for it's all in german so he can't understand any of the instructions and it's just you know reality oh. you know sort of expectation great i'll get a lamborghini it'd be the fastest tractor in the world reality it's big clumsy and he doesn't know how to work it <laughs> oh, okay so it's yeah i thought it was genuinely uh very funny and yeah. actually very insightful as well so it had that to me it had that balance i think just right all right you don't think it was sort of staged because i sometimes think that like the top gear and some of the other stuff i i that, I, I, I'm, I know i'm the skeptical one i know i'm the thing but i think i, know, no, oh, sure. I deliberately do the the lamborghini thing and you know sure, make, sure, make sure, problems yeah sure you, you actually asked the question before i was going to ask the question that, oh, that right, was okay. that was going to be my question because i agree with you because even on top gear there's some things that they do and they are mm. funny they're genuinely funny but after a while you start thinking and you go ah, they must have set they must have set that up they must have yeah. set that well, up because you, if, if they're filming him every day and then they condense that down to like one hour, then you, you know that a lot of it is going to be, they're going to be finding the funniest moments out of you yeah. know, a month um, filming for eight hours a day to find like two minutes of the humour. So I think it's, it, was it staged or are they just, are they just very good at picking actually those, those moments that do work you know on a screen and there is like the support and it isn't just jeremy clarkson because there is like the supporting cast of characters who i think actually make make mm. the program because they've got this young lad who worked the farm um, under the other owner called caleb who basically is just he's like he's never been i think he's never been 30 he went to he went to london once when he was a schoolboy, and he got so 
he didn't like it so much that he wouldn't get off the coach. <laughs> and so he stayed on the coach while everyone else had the school visit. He wouldn't leave the coach. And he says he will go. He, he normally travels from where he lives to the farm, which is about three miles. And then the nearest big town is like Banbury. And yeah. he might go there on rare occasions to Banbury as a, you know, but then it gets a bit busy. And so he lives in this, like this Cotswold body. They're in Oxfordshire near Chipping Norton. And so, you know, this, I, I think I know that lad. <laughs> I think he lives at, you know, I, I was, I was going to say, when um, somebody, I heard someone talking about that character particularly. And when they mentioned him, I did think, that does sound like people on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy called Gerald who comes along to fix the fencing and he's like an odd dog man. He does all sorts of things. And basically you cannot understand a word he says. <laughs> he's talking away and he's just, and it's, and you can see Jeremy Clarkson just going, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> and you can tell he doesn't understand a word he's saying. And when you're listening to him, you're sort of going, uh, come again. <laughs> you can't so... hear it. And then suddenly he will say something as clear as a bell and it's absolutely perfectly enunciated. And then he'll slip out again into this almost like patois and you're thinking, well, that was English. That, that, <laughs> that does, to me, that, to me, that sounds contrived, I think, to me. I just don't know. That, that, that just, yeah, I, think, I mean, I listen to a little bit of on the radio because they, they have like the little trailers. Then I listen, listen yeah. to, to they were having the trailer about and there, there was, it was the, must be, he must be a young lad, that one, because Jeremy Clarkson was talking to him and he was saying, he was like, like he didn't even, he wasn't in awe of Jeremy Clarkson at all. He just sort of said, no, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do oh, yeah, that's Caleb. Yeah, Caleb. Gerald is the older man yeah. um, who is uh, uh, completely. But it does yeah, sound, it, it, to, to me, that sounds a little, I'm, uh, I'm just, just a skeptic in me. No, the thing is, uh, knowing, knowing the way they make TV, because they have to guarantee that it's going to be, they have to guarantee that it's going to be entertaining. So I think that there would be, there would be a producer, there will be a director, and there will be times where, Either there might okay, I'll be generous enough to say that Clarkson might not know that this is going to happen, mm. but there are times when they will set him up to fail just to see how he will react to it. Film yeah. the reaction There's and that makes the show. Where he's he's taking this tractor down a wet field, and you're thinking, I wouldn't take a tractor down there because it's going to it's going to you know, stick. You wouldn't do it, but so, I think some things you think, yeah, they've got an eye on it, but there's some things that you just can't predict, and I think. Um, yeah, there's that, like when they're harvesting, for example. Yeah, because, to... and, and I think that's where the skill comes in. It's about melding those things together, melding the things that actually yeah. happen with some things that, that you set up. But all in all, how well did they do? Whether they fixed it or anything like that, how well did they do? How many stars would you give it? I would certainly give it four stars. I thought it was just entertaining. Mm. It genuinely made me laugh out loud at moments. And I'm, a, I'm someone who isn't particularly a Jeremy Clarkson fan. I did not like um, the laddishness of top gear at all yeah, i mean that, I watched that is his thing it and it was far too laddy for me and i just thought they were all misogynists basically and i i wouldn't give it any time of day at all and so i was not someone who was going like yeah i'm gonna and so i'm not as someone who wasn't a fan of jeremy clarkson before this um i genuinely found it entertaining i genuinely yeah, found that's it that's the important thing it funny Cool. Yeah, no, I, I can see it's enjoy, it. and that's it. And if you enjoyed it, it's it's really, really good, isn't it? Really, yeah, really. yeah. because that's, okay, that's the whole point. As somebody that does that, that, like you know, does documentary making and all that kind of stuff, there there is a thought of that. If at the end people enjoy, it because you're trying to make entertainment, and if yeah. they enjoy it, what's the problem? 
what's the problem? Lots of people I've seen have said they were only intending to watch the first one just to see what it was like because they'd heard about it. And I was almost of that mind thinking, well, if I don't, if it's a bit like Top Gear on the farm, I'm not going to watch it. So I thought I would just try it. And I genuinely thought it was just funny, entertaining, insightful, quite moving at places. There's a bit where he has to cull some of his sheep. And you can tell he's genuinely upset. He doesn't want to take these sheep to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> and he genuinely gets attached to some of these animals. And I think that you can fake that. And yeah. um, those moments anyway. Um, yeah, so, he's probably not that good an actor, yeah. So there were some moments I thought, yeah, it was, in, yeah, it did all those things. Entertaining, insightful, moving, and really, really funny in places. Absolutely hilarious in places. Good stuff. So, well yeah, done. I would definitely say worth a watch. Well done, Jeremy Clarkson. Um, and possibly Andy Millman, who was the guy who actually sort of like directed Top Gear and moved around with Clarkson, May, and the other one. Hammond. Hammond, that's it. I, I was like, Richard. I was like, no, that's his first name. All right, cool. Now we go back to cinema. So that's four stars for Clarkson's Farm. Well done. I think I think a lot of that is people wanted to see Jeremy Clarkson fail, but <laughs> but but anyway. Um, and now we go back to cinema. We go to In the Heights. Now we spoke about this last week, and I spoke about how um, I got to see two films in a week. Two films. Wow. Because, yeah, I know. I know. It's 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 a, it's a wonderful time we live in, Sean. Wonderful time we live in. <laughs> because uh, my wife went to a Hindu. I dropped her off, and then I got to see this. I got to drive drive for half an hour into Swindon to go watch this film, and. And then I got to see another one of my regular Tuesday night films. Uh, so this was the one I saw on the weekend. And I saw In the Heights. This is the musical from... It's a musical adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is famous for Hamilton, of his original... Well, his, the first musical he wrote before Hamilton. And it is set in an area of New York called Washington Heights. And this area is an area that has like... It has a low, It has a massively Hispanic population. And so this film is all about this population. It's almost kind of like, it's like, you know, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which is all about this area in New York, Bed-Stuy. And this is almost kind of like if you did a musical about this particular area and the different people who are there. And they, I think, what they call them? The Suenitos, which means dreamers. People who came over to America because they were chasing a dream and they all have this dream. And you have different versions of this dream that they have. You have the guy who built a business up from the ground up and he wants his daughter to have a better life than him. So he, he's played by jimmy smiths uh he has this um uh taxi company called rosario's and he and um he sent his daughter off to stanford and for him that's what he wants to do his dreams that she goes to stanford and she has something better than he ever could have had or that he could ever have provided her that she has something better than that but she's not so sure about that dream because she goes to stanford and she experiences racism and she doesn't ex- she doesn't see anybody from her from where she is the main character is a character called usnavi played by anthony ramos and his dream is to go back to the dominican republic he's come to america he's grown up there but he has this dream and he keeps saying this thing the best days of my life on the dominican republic and he wants to go instead of the bar that his dad was but and so you have all these different things you have all these different points of view and all these different dreams that different people have then and, and in the middle of all this so you have the area that they live in is getting gentrified so all the people who originally lived there and made the made the area are getting priced out of it because other people are coming in and buying all this stuff and then they can't afford anything anymore and the woman who who runs the local hair salon is having to move to another area of the of the city and people are like are they still going to go over there so it's all these different stories that come together to make a picture of this neighborhood and this picture a picture of this community of 
Hispanic people, largely from islands like Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, all that, the, 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 um, who live in this area of Washington Heights. And the, well, first of all, I know that last week I, I called it a hip hop musical. I don't think that's quite accurate. It's a lot more of a Latin music music musical. So it's kind of, imagine, you know the song, you know the, the um, number in West Side Story, America. Yeah. Imagine an entire musical that was filled of music like that and filmed with dances like that and filmed with sentiments like that about what it means to be in America, what it means for us to be here today and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole bit about how in their neighborhood, they know somebody has won the lottery, but nobody has claimed the ticket for 96000 And there's a number of how they're all singing about what they could do with $96,000, like what they could do with that. In the, in the, the, and so the dancing is good. The dance is great. This is something that I watched and I thought, I think this would work a lot better on stage than it would in the film. Because on stage, there are things that you will allow for. You will allow for a little bit of disjointedness. That before you allow for, oh, we're going to have this one number that doesn't really connect to anything else whatsoever. But it's just this one character singing about their thing. But in a film where I think you expect more of a narrative and expect things to join up a bit more, there's at least two musical numbers in this film that I would get rid of because they don't make any difference to the plot. The film is too long. It's about two and a half hours long. And I'm like thinking, I feel like they just took everything from the stage show, plonked it in a film. And I can understand why you would do that. I mean, it's back to this whole thing of representation. This is a group of people who have not seen themselves represented, have not seen their point of view represented that much. The fact that they're they're talking about the differences between, like, you know, there's Puerto Rico, there's Dominican Republic, and these are not the same people. They're different people, different dreams, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's disjointed. It doesn't really hold on together. And you, I did find myself looking at my watch throughout the film and going, what? We still got another hour. Why? <laughs> and, and so, so wait. Ooh. Oh, I got a second. Uh, so, that's, so, yeah, I did find something. I was just looking at it for great. We got another hour. Why? And everything like that. I do like the music in it. I think the music works quite well. I think that the, I think they have, um, I think the music works quite well. I think that they have, different um it represents a whole bunch of different things and but i i think i'm gonna have to give it a three out of five because i just think as a film not as engaging it would probably be different because i've been finding out this past week you know how there have been some films that i i think we've spoken about in the past like um in the marvel universe like captain marvel mm. how i've i've speculated in the past that i think when women watch that film they see a different film to what i see because they have a they have a dog in the fight, so to say. With this. yeah, 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 and um, and I think this is the kind of film that people from that background will see a different film to what I see because they'll be like, yeah, that's my grandma. Yeah, that's the neighborhood I grew up in. Yeah, finally. Yeah, that's our kind of music. Yeah, reggaeton. Come on, and um, and I I for that I'm happy that the film exists and I'm happy that those people will get into that. There's films that I would watch as a black person or even as a Nigerian person that other people would watch and go, what the heck? This is not good. <laughs> but um, I would give it a three out of five. I think, generally speaking, it's too disjointed, it's too long, and it doesn't hold together. And it says something, but not as much as I hoped it would. And that is three out of five for in the heights. <laughs> but okay, so Sean, this so there's a film called Freaky being released, which I think that you would like. Well, mm. I think I think. Uh, I'm, I'm, okay, I won't, I won't, let me change that. I don't think you would like. I think 
you would like to watch. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so, so Sean has just asked, Sean has just asked me if there's anything in the cinemas next week, because obviously with the Euros being on and everything, as we said, things have slowed down a bit. And, and, and I think Freaky, I think you would like to watch, because the whole idea of Freaky is that you have a high school, it's, it's, a, it's a body swap. It's a body swap. Oh, right. Yeah, I've seen the poster for that. I've yeah, seen cinema. Yeah, I've seen yeah, the poster. It's like a body swap comedy horror where you have a high school girl who's kind of like, you know, it looks like homecoming queen type person who switches body with a serial killer played by played by Vince Vaughn. So essentially you have Vince Vaughn doing what Jack Black did in the Jumanji movies, uh. which is play a teenage girl. <laughs> and and then you have Catherine Newton, who's actually pretty she's a really, really good actress. And uh, she is played she is playing uh Vin, she's playing like this forty something year old serial killer. And it's about what happens in the So I think Sean, you would like to watch it. Mm, whether, I'll catch on. whether you like it or hate it, I think you would still like to watch it. So, <laughs> So yeah, Freaky is out and um, Black Widow. Black Widow is also out. So I think those are the only two new films for the next film. Unless you want to see Daisy Quokka, the world's scariest animal. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, doesn't sound like a thing. Yeah, and <laughs> Train Spotting is back in cinemas as well, apparently. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, all right, cool. But now we go on to our final, final film that we're going to talk about this week. And this is... Um, this is Sean. Sean, you you watch something called the Comeback Trail. The Comeback Trail, yeah, the Comeback Trail. Now, this is story. This is about. This is like the the uh, one of the Hollywood stories in the vein of like Get Shorty. Um, oh yeah. So basically, but you've got you've got Robert De Niro. Now he's like a, a producer of um, of like uh, Grindhouse movies, but he's in debt to the mob, and basically the mob is is um, Morgan Freeman. Right, oh, I've, seen, I've seen the poster. Yeah, seen the poster. He, yeah. he has like this big dark sunglasses <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. like some weird hairstyle and a mustache. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the poster. Yeah, so you've got that, and then then you've got um. So, so basically, he decides he's in debt to 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 Morgan Freeman, and he's like, right, we're gonna have to make a movie. And he goes on a movie set, and he's this actor, this sort of star slips and dies, and the producer of that movie collects the insurance money so he decides oh that's a good scam so they go, <laughs> so they go to this this old people's home and they find tommy lee jones he's like um you know an an, an aging cowboy past his time so they sort of rope him in they rope, they rope him into this film you know and uh, they get a they get a woman director open it's going to be really bad and they just so through the film he's basically trying to do these stunts where He's trying to basically kill off Tommy Lee Jones, you know. He's trying to, but <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's, it's all becoming really, really good. And so, yeah. So you've got. I mean, to me, this film is just. They just were having fun. They were just really, really. That you could see they 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 were loving it. And um, as I say, Morgan Freeman's great because he's he's got these like posse of of hoods behind him, and he's going, "Hey, that was so and so from Casablanca, so and from don't know that." And they're all looking at him like, and he's. He, keep saying about different films because he's like a real <laughs> super film film freak so so yeah and they're just really really enjoying themselves having this film. and they, they they play it really well tommy lee jones particularly he's like he's ready to to finish it all you know and all that so he's like oh he wants to finish it all i'll help him on his way and in the end so if we do all this stuff and he guys i can get the insurance money to pay off morgan freeman you know so and there's just all these situations of him producing this film uh, so you know and all the things that go on so you've got them you've got all the movie sets there you've got all the cut right you know that's, let's cut that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Brilliant. oh no oh no keep the cameras rolling keep the cameras it's just and it's 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 yeah i i mean 
I totally, totally, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. I mean, I don't know if it was just because it was about Hollywood and because they were enjoying themselves. And, you know, because, I mean, they're like three aging stars, you know, and, and yeah, obviously yeah. it was just like, and they, they were really over the top. And, and as I say, Morgan Freeman, who as, I mean, like the super, super hood, you know, drives up on the, on the film set in like a big car with the old, the old horns, you know, on the front. And oh, that. yeah, and yeah, he gets yeah. Out, yeah. He goes, Oh, and then all behind him, he's got all the all the other all the, that's they're quite funny. He's saying, "Oh, so and so said that in uh, High Noon," and and he's he's going on about all different, you know. And they just sort of look at him, and you go, oh, well. <laughs> "It's like, well, like what's yeah. this old man on about?" Yeah, well, what's this old man on about? So no, that is uh, to be. I've, I've got to be honest, but you you you're already selling me on this. You're selling this <laughs> because, because uh, I mean, number one, as you said, it, it sounds like an old fashioned setup because number one, it sounds like a combination of the producers. Yeah, and, yeah, and there was a film. Oh, good lord! There Space was a Cowboys. Film. Yeah, Space Cowboys. There was a film with um, Tom Selleck and Don Amici. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was made. Uh, it was Tom Selleck, Don Amici, and the whole idea was like, you know, your parents are old and senile, so kill them and get the insurance money. <laughs> and it's that was the basic. That was the basic premise of the film, and it's um, the yeah and. Yeah, and that kind of stuff, it sounds like an old sort of caper. So it sounds like almost like a throwback movie, both in terms of the stars in the film and also the, the <laughs> setup of the whole thing. It's, yeah. it's, but it, it, it sounds like the kind of film where it's like, this is just going to be these people having fun. But it, Just uh, having fun. And I mean, when they meet up, as I say, and you've got, you, you know what I mean? There's a situation where like, you know, something, when, when something's going on and they've, they've got a conversation between them and it's like Robert De Niro's trying to say, no, no, it's going to be fine. I'll get it. We do this for all that, you know? And yeah, so... Uh, he's yeah so robert robert de niro on fun on fun on form. fun yeah yeah but i think he's really really good in everything robert de niro and i think even yeah. sometimes he parodies himself yeah, yeah you know, he does. as well now these days which so. which which is why some people complain because they're like you're not supposed to parody yourself you're supposed to be the greatest actor ever in anything you ever do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so so they're having fun and Sean from the tone of your voice it sounds like you're having fun as well I'm having them. fun yeah I, 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 was, I should watch this one again because I really really enjoyed this one it was just just a really good fun watchable you know it, was, it wasn't like it wasn't belly laughs or slapstick or anything like that it was just a really really uh, enjoyable good fun movie with people enjoying themselves you know uh, and, cool. uh, like horses and things so yeah so this, this, gonna get, well, this one's going to get a four star from me Four star, four yeah, star for the comeback star. trail. Mm -hmm. And it also, it's becoming, there's a little bit of, it's almost like a subgenre because there's a TV show on Netflix that I'm watching at the moment. I finished season one and uh, there's three seasons. I want to finish all the seasons and then review the whole thing in one go. It's called The Kaminsky Method that, and it mm -hmm. stars Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. And it oh, wow. is, and there is this subgenre that has, that has started developing that I, I, I'm, I'm all for, which is old stars, usually male, realizing that they're old yeah <laughs> and accepting the fact that they're old they used to be the hot young thing they used to be the the the, the everyone's like, oh my god look at him oh michael douglas look at his hair and it's and a lot of this a lot of the kominsky method is like you know michael douglas and alan arkin alan arkin who i have time for and i will watch all day long yeah essentially like... driving around la complaining about the fact that their bladders don't work so it's and i am i am there for that kind of film so four stars for that so when we have a week like this where we only where we stop having three we only have two two things per piece it's kind of easy to tell what the result is so yeah. when we ask who is it who has won this week the answer is 
Got to be streaming platform, Netflix and streaming platform. Netflix and friends. Netflix and friends win this week because of uh, cinema have done, yeah, they've, they've done all right, but Netflix have done better this week. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Netflix have done better this week. So uh, I think that's the first time since we, since cinemas have come back that, that Netflix has won. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, because we've started we've started um, experiencing our first world problems of oh, you know that thing that we've missed for so long and we were begging to come back. Now it's back. We're beginning to go. Mm, actually, you know what? Well, actually, oh, the seats are uncomfortable. Uh, oh, it doesn't have the right I, viewing times. Oh, for right. me, <laughs> for me, for me, I think it's the films. There's nothing that that I actually, you know, I mean, if I have the time, I'll go and watch something. But I won't. I won't go out of my way to watch something because I yeah. don't anything there's yeah, nothing really that I want to see some back aren't they they're still yeah. waiting yeah. for yeah. yeah but Sean to be fair you have watched everything I have I have yes <laughs> it's true and I would so yes and, and I have gotten a good excuse this week with the football yeah. being on so next week I might try and go back beast mode yeah yeah no, no, yeah go yeah go back and see what, what film was it that we said oh Freaky Fast, well Freaky yep if it's on Freaky and, Fast and Furious and yeah, I tried to get Black to Widow. see um, Black Widow. I wasn't Black that Widow. keen, but I have seen a trailer and I thought actually it's looking a bit more appealing than I thought. Well, yeah. I, th- I think what's going to make it is I really love oh, who's the other actress in it that she was in Florence Pugh. Like, yeah, yeah, Florence Pugh. Florence and Pugh, and I love well. I love Florence Pugh. I think she's absolutely everything I've seen her in has been really really good. Yeah. So, so I think she's going to make it, and and I like her a lot. <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, I, I still it, it's a film that I did not think should be made, and mm. I feel I need I need to point this out. Not because I have anything against women, or I have anything against women being the star of the film, because a lot of people who are complaining about these films are your typical internet misogynists who say, "Oh my God, how can a woman be the main thing?" But uh, <laughs> but I always thought that Black Widow worked best as a supporting character. Mm. Like, if you yeah. find out too much about her, she doesn't work She's as well. interesting enough to hold her own film, which is well, why I wasn't that bothered about it. Well, I think, I think she might be, but it's the kind of thing, like, you know how you have um, well, a Maleficent, or what was the thing yeah. that we, we talked about the other week where they're trying to, oh, Cruella, where yeah. you, you start going, there's some characters that work really well when you don't know that much about them. And when you start going in and you start trying to tell you, and that's why the Black Widow film, I was like, I'm not sure about this because she is brilliant. Like a film that I think is pretty much a Black Widow film is Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. And she, she, she is pretty much a Black Widow film, but mm-hmm. it just, she's not, the, she's not, and part of it is because you don't really know where she stands, but uh, well, we're going to get this. And from, mm-hmm. uh, from what I hear, it's a good, it's a good film, but, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Until that time, when we get to watch all these things, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. We will see you next week when, oh, ooh, ooh, ah. I, I would say that we would see something else or Sean have drafted himself away from the football. But if England beats Ukraine, ooh. I think I think next week might be a write-off for Sean. <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see.